and welcome to this latest episode of Disrupt Podcast, which is the first of a very special three-parter looking at Africa's edtech sector, the problems e-learning startups on the continent are solving, the innovations that are being scaled, and the support and funding ecosystem that is driving growth. It's released in partnership with eLearn Africa, an edtech startup working to increase and expand educational and employment opportunities throughout Africa through an innovative web portal that connects users to trusted learning content. We hope you enjoy it. eLearn Africa started off as an initiative to bring online education uh, via MOOCs, which were massive online open courses through partnerships with edX and Future Learn. We evolved from providing MOOCs to building short courses, to launching a learning management system platform, to building online degrees and financing uh, online degrees throughout the continent. That's Brooke Nagusi, founder and CEO of eLearn Africa. The idea for the business came to him in 2009 when he was working in the satellite internet space and noticed how many people were distrustful of doing any kind of certification online. We've seen that there was a demand for online education, especially curricula and Cisco CCNA at the time. The data not being widely available, we had to hold back. Data is now widely available and eLearn Africa launched in 2016, one of the early movers in what has become an increasingly busy edtech space. According to Disrupt Africa data, there are more than 300 edtech ventures active across the African continent, working in various niches across various markets. They are filling critical gaps. Sub-Saharan Africa has the highest rates of education exclusion of the six developing world regions, according to the World Bank. Over one-fifth of primary age children are out of school, and almost 60% of youth between the ages of 15 and 17 are not in school. There are many barriers to education for low-income households, with the main one being the fees. But concerningly, many of those who do attend school are not receiving quality education due to under-resourcing and lack of teacher training. Brooke and in Africa are focused on K-12, which refers to the years spanning kindergarten to 12th grade, the majority of which are compulsory in most countries. And we know what the challenges are with K-12, which are, you know, the rural is one, access to technology, access to, you know, proper STEM education, right? Lack of teacher training, is, is something that goes on in K-12, and we've seen a lot of private entities basically enter the K-12 from a tutorial perspective, from an after-school perspective, from a private school perspective. For universities, again, it comes to increased remuneration into universities. So we know Nigeria, there's roughly about 730,000 students per year that do not have enough seats to enter university systems. The other part comes down to it is, is that the typical story is, is that most people will have to leave school so they can support their family. So that, that keeps being the persistent problem. For those children who do stay in school, what is preventing learning institutions across the continent from providing the necessary quality of education? Lack of resources and lack of teacher training are the key things, Brooke says, meaning learners are often disengaged. Lack of resources is definitely up top. Um, lack of training is something else as well. So teacher training, it's... And it's something that we're, we're tackling and we're seeing more now teachers being trained online. So getting to the point of being able to make education, I guess we, in, in, my, in our industry, we call it edutainment, right? Leveraging uh, learning and making it engaging and fun. So uh, the, those are probably the two things that stick out in my, in my mind. Brick and mortar is something that we're not very familiar with, right? So we're constantly challenging and looking at ways that we can engage students. Particularly in the K-12 industry, we had some 11,000 students a year and a half ago, and much to our surprise, 
93% completion rate, and it was based on financial management. And we saw this as an interesting outcome because of the way the program was also designed. It was designed so that it was gamified, it was entertaining, but at the same time, it was probably content that they've seen for the first time. So education was no longer boring to this K-12 cohort. There is a long list of problems caused by lack of access to quality education across the continent. Economically, it limits us, right? Income-wise, automatically, and this is something we talk about often now, it definitely does create an inequality in society, right? So you have your educated and uh, you have the ones that do not have access to education. It reduces definitely civic participation, in my opinion, right? So, and I think that's probably part of the process that increases awareness per country, right? And that's where we do the leapfrogs is through civic participation and, and, and feeling like you're empowered through through all of that. And then, you know, your usual things, which are your brain drain, right? So right now, it's one of the things that I probably say weekly as we're launching online MBAs with several schools, you know, we don't want the, the top minds going to the UK or elsewhere in Europe because once they go, they never come back. Right. So, and, I, and I've seen this as an example uh, throughout my entire life. So the brain drain is probably another big one. Brooke believes African governments aren't knowingly or deliberately underperforming when it comes to education. I truly believe most of them have great intentions rolling out and putting forth a highly educated society, right? But uh, it comes down to the execution. And so here comes the, the point, which is, Within ministries, generally, you have your people that are able to do it. But if there's not capacity in the chain of command to implement those ideas, it rarely works, right? So where we've seen it work is in Sierra Leone, where the country, I believe, spends 20% or plus of their GDP on education. But they've created all of these systems and you have to have the support in order to be able to implement a solution. So I don't think it's lack of funds. I don't think it's lack of allocating funds. I think it is like most of the time where we where we don't do well with this is execution. It's important to remember that challenges in providing quality education are not restricted to Africa, however. No, I, I think they're they're pretty much everywhere. You know, the lack of adequate resources, uh, the shortage of teachers, the lack of training, uh, Let's not talk about salaries, right? Because uh, teachers definitely have low salaries. But there also comes a couple of things that are lacking, which are you know professional support, constant retraining of teachers, and in my opinion, technology, right? The lack of access to technology for teachers. But this is something that we've seen as challenges. I like to look at India as an example, where India had the challenges and is now a leader in tech. So continentally, I think we're probably in a very good position to do a bit of a, um, you know, old saying leapfrogging aspect of training teachers. And, and we're seeing a lot more nonprofits focusing on this particular problem. That word again, leapfrogging, which is heard often across the African tech space as innovative startups overcome infrastructure challenges by skipping steps taken in the Western world. 
The way the continent skipped landline phones and went straight to mobile is one such example. EdTech is definitely doing that for education on the continent. And many thanks to Brooke Nagusi from eLearn Africa for taking us through some of the key trends there. Next week, we'll be back with the second edition of this three-part series on EdTech in Africa, where we'll be digging deeper into how exactly digital learning startups are innovating on the continent. For now, bye. Thank you.